I know maybe a lot of us are, are tired and um, a little out of sorts um, with the schedule, but um, God, I pray that you would help us to be fully present, fully engaged today as we uh, take some time to celebrate with some people and um, just come alongside them as they go through baptism and um, we get to hear from others. We also just pray, Lord, that our hearts would be um, ready to hear from you the things that you want to bring to mind um, in our life and um, God that you want us to to carry forward with us in the new year and also the things you want us to leave behind um, God just the things maybe that are just still broken in us um, God that just need to be healed need to be um, set free from um, so I pray that we'd be ready and open for whatever it is your spirit wants to speak to us today Lord we um, we thank you, God, that uh, as the calendar turns, um, Lord, you, you never change. Um, you're the same. You're still in control and, um, and sovereign over our lives. And so we're just so um, happy to have a Savior who um, we can just depend on, who's faithful and never changes. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name today. Amen. So um, in the Bible, um, the New Testament is very clear um, that uh, our process of conversion involves um, repenting and being baptized, and bapti- baptism is, um, is a symbol, um, it's an outward symbol for an inward transformation. So the symbolism of baptism, if you're not aware, is as you're put under, it's, it's like you're dying um, to your old self, and when you're being lifted up, you're um, becoming a new creation, and all those things that were a part of your old nature are dead and gone in Christ, and you're raised up, and you are made new. And so the reason why we do this in a public setting like this is that um, everything that the Bible does in terms of rituals, whether it's marriage, um, <clears throat> funerals, or baptisms, or uh, whatever it might be, are done for the benefit of the community. It's not just something you're doing for yourself. It's uh, a testimony to us of um, the changed lives that are happening. So it's supposed to be an encouragement for us as a body. It's, it's an opportunity for those that are getting baptized to express to you, hey, I'm a changed person. I don't want to be the person that I was. I'm declaring my intent to be this new creation. Um, and it's also an opportunity for you to come alongside these folks and say, hey, you can't do this alone. We love you. We want to come alongside you and walk with you. Um, so it's kind of this mutual transaction that happens. And so I really pray this morning that your hearts would be one of, hey, I'm a participant in this. Um, if you don't know these folks up here yet, um, take the time to get to know them, especially today. It's a pretty important day in their life. If you are unfamiliar with some of the folks that are going through this, come up and introduce yourself. Let them know um, this is a significant step in their life. And so some of you may have been a while since you've done this, and maybe we all can kind of forget um, the meaning of this. So um, each person that comes up, um, for the most part, we're going to hear a little bit about their story, um, just a brief glimpse into kind of who they were, how God met them, and, and why this is an important step for them. But we're going to start off with a kid, um, and she's not going to say a whole lot. I'm going to do most of the talking for her. Um, so uh, Ella Estes, if you want to come on out. All right. This is Ella. Ella, how old are you? Nine. 
Ella is nine, and she's been coming here for many years. And Becca was actually going to be baptizing her today, our children's director, but she's got a sick kid at home, so I'm going to get the pleasure of doing that. So, Ella, we're really excited for you. Um, you can go ahead and hop in this climate-controlled hot tub we have. It really is warm. We put a, a metal rod in there that heats it all up, and yeah. So I'm going to ask each, each one of these folks just a series of questions just to kind of declare their faith, so... All right, we have Tessa, uh, Corey next, right? <clears throat> there you go. Good job. Uh, Corey Bennett, um, I've actually known since he was in high school. He was one of my old Young Life kids when I was the Young Life director at Central and um, didn't see him for many years. He was in the Navy and traveling around, but has uh, been coming back to Wellspring for a while, so you're going to hear a little bit of his story this morning. Um, first, I want to thank everybody for coming today. Uh, this is a big day for me. I just moved back to St. Joe back in June, and I've been, I've been going to Wellspring ever since. I think that uh, God reached out to me through all my mentors, people like Bob. Uh, I got some friends that are here that, you know, are real involved with the church and, you know, their relationship with Christ, and it just kind of, I guess, rubbed off on me. And uh, even though I feel like God has always been with me, I just, you know, being here and being with Wellspring has really just changed my life, you know what I mean, uh, in several different ways. So uh, here I am now making this, this next jump, and um, I can't wait to see what the future holds. So. Okay, now we have Tessa, I believe. Tessa Caldwell, she is a central student. And um, have you been coming here about a year or a little under? Um, a few months. Okay, just a few months. So excited. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm getting baptized because I want to publicly profess my faith in Christianity and further my walk with Jesus Christ. And Tessa um, went to Young Life Camp this past summer as well. Had a pretty big impact on her life. So thank you, Central Young Life leaders, for um, just making that a great experience for her as well. So hop on in there. Moisture and electronics, great combination. Um, so we have our married couple, Natasha and Randy. Yeah, y'all can kind of come out together. So <clears throat> I've gotten to know these folks. They've been in a, a couple of small groups that we've been doing here um, the last uh, year or so, and um, have really enjoyed getting to know them and just the the freshness of their faith and enthusiasm for Christ, and uh, just the questions that they ask um, 
Uh, they're really, really pursuing God and wanting to know what all this means for their life. And so it's just been a pleasure to, to get to know them and to get to know their kids and experience um, just the way their whole family's been transformed. So we're going to start with Natasha. It's going to tell us a little bit about her life. Well, I grew up Catholic, so this is way different. If any of you are Catholic, you know we don't do it like this. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just... It's an awesome feeling when you realize that there is um, more love to give, I guess, or you can take in more love. As a mother, you tend to give away a lot of love. And so now that I am walking with Christ and learning that I am able to be loved, (laughs) and it's awesome. So, yeah. Well, this is a lot better than last week, actually. It's not as many people, but it's great great to see everybody. I want to thank everybody for coming. I want to thank my mother, um, my stepfather. Um, I knew this was going to be difficult, um, so I'll keep it short. Um, our walks, my walk started uh, at a young age. Um, my mother and my, and my, my grandparents, um, but it was a walk. I didn't take it seriously. Um, um, didn't take it seriously. So um, as I go through my teenage years, you make that choice, you know, to not walk or you, or you walk. You know, you just um, you kind of are able to make your own choices. So I made those choices. And um, fortunately, I've made the choices I've made now. And uh, I'm in the place that I'm at. And I'm, I'm picking that walk up to a run. And uh, I enjoy the journey I'm on with my wife and my kids. Um, and uh, I owe a lot of it to my kids. You know, they've... they've uh, They've done a lot of it for me, so I uh, look forward to the future, and uh, love Wellspring. I love everybody here that I've met, and I uh, look forward to meeting everybody that I don't know, so thank you. All right, I think this is our last one, unless anybody out there just wants to get on up here and take care of that business today, so um, this is Kelly, and um how long have you been coming to Wellspring, Kelly? Has it been almost a year? Okay. And um, I know she's connected with a lot of people that are a part of our community here. And so um, she's going to share a little bit about her story today. I had to write it down, too. Okay. Before Christ, I was lost and felt worthless, unloved, and wanted to give up on life. Christ came to me and rescued me by helping me to find the perfect church family and therapist that I needed to help me. Through them, he helped me to see I did not have to prove myself to him to receive his unconditional love. And he also gave me comfort and strength when I wanted to give up. Today, I am able to receive God's grace and love for me, and I can face my struggles knowing God has a plan for me. And my struggles have a purpose. I'm not where I want to be in my life right now, and that's okay. I am able to accept that I'm right where I'm supposed to be. There's no magical way to put this back on, so just have to do that later. <clears throat> hey, but thank you guys for being a part of that, and um, I really consider myself blessed um, to be the person that gets to sit there and look into the eyes of people who are making this profession, and um, 
I wish you could have that experience. Um, it's just something eternal and mysterious and magical um, in that moment, the sincerity in people's hearts. Um, so anyways, thank you for that. And um, I don't even know who I'm turning it over to at this point. Kelsey, yes, she did most of the work today, so... so don't get worried. Um, All right, also I sound kind of, so there's that for you, but um, I did have notes because Bob gets a little twitchy if I just kind of appear and wing it, so, Um, but I love that we do baptisms at the end of the year and like the beginning of a new year, just that reminder of like our true identity in Christ, you know, being just being buried to our sin and, and risen in him. I just love that image to, like, take into the new year. Um, <clears throat> and sometimes I just feel like a year can really, like, beat us down. Um, and then, you know, you, you get to turn that fresh new calendar and just that hope of, of that fresh page. And I was reading this week in my She Reads Truth devotion, and um, I loved what it said. It said, I'm basking in the bright light of hope today, but a weighted blanket may be waiting in the wings. Maybe you're under it now. Darkness and death are weighty, and our emotions, our actions, and even our beliefs may bend at their pressure, but our God does not. Let your chest rise and fall today with the knowledge that the gospel is true. It is oxygen, and you can breathe it in. Um, and I loved what Kelly just shared, too, just this idea that, like, you're right where God wants you to be, and you can just breathe in that truth of, like, your identity in him. And in First Samuel, there's this woman named Hannah who's kind of been through a lot of just junk in her life and um, just in, in her identity kind of questioning that. And then at one point, she just stops, and she has this prayer to God. She says, there's no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you, and there is no rock like our God. Um, And so today we just wanted to create a little space for you to have some time to reflect. um, And like the devotional said, just kind of let your chest rise and fall in the knowledge that the gospel is true and that there is no rock like our God. Um, He he is who he says he is, and because of that we can remind ourselves um, as we face this new year kind of what those baptisms reminded us of, that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ and that that is our identity. And a lot of times we don't stop and just take the time and create space to really reflect on that and, and to um, give him the proper praise for that. Um, and we've had a lot with our Genesis series and then our Advent series, just like a lot of good stuff to think about. Um, and if you're like me, it's hard this time of year to find quiet moments and spaces to, to really take the time to, to like process through that. Um, and just reflect and pray and be still. And so that's what we're going to do now. Um, at the end of each pew, there's some notebook paper and some extra pens. Um, there might not be some at the end of every pew, but kind of ask around. Um, and then there's also some blank paper and colored pencils. I know there's kids here, but I know some adults like to kind of be think through that as well. Um, so... Um, <coughs> Sorry. We're going to kind of just play some soft music and um, just be mindful of those around you during this time as well. Um, Just to have this little bit of space to kind of think through things. Tim Keller said, prayer is both conversation and encounter with God. We must know the awe of praising his glory, the intimacy of finding his grace, and the struggle of asking his help. Um, And sometimes that's the hardest part for some people is to really just... um, ask God for the help that we need. So there's going to be a few slides up too if, if that is something that helps you just have more prompts. I feel like I'm back in the classroom. Okay, guys, you've got new like things with you, but focus, okay? 
Um, they'll be there when I'm done talking. Um, but yeah, there'll be a couple of um, just slides up there with some questions to reflect on, some scripture. And I know this, is, this can be challenging, and your mind is going to start to wander, and you're going to start thinking about what you're going to fix for lunch and, and all of that. Um, but I just really encourage you and challenge you to be in this moment and to not, um, if your mind starts to wander, just you know, maybe grab a Bible and look at some Psalms and, and try to not um, pick up your phone and be distracted in those ways. Um, it's just, it's going to be not a huge chunk of time, so... You can do this. Um, But I'm going to pray to kind of open this time and then just use it however you want. If you just want to sit quietly, if you want to just lift your hands, if you want to, you know, journal, if you want to draw, whatever you need to do. But just like I said, resist the temptation to kind of bail out of this time. Um, So um, let's pray. God, we often feel just intimidated by prayer to come before um, you and you're so holy and and just to meet with you in our own messes and... um, to feel like we can even, um, yeah, just come before you. Um, But you're always there just waiting for us, God, and help us just align ourselves with you in this time and um, just remember the God that we just um, celebrated at Christmas, this God that wanted to come and and be with us. So, God, we just ask that during this time that you would um, just open our hearts and that we would um, be able to have the conversation with you that we need to have and be able to worship you in the ways that we need to worship you. Amen. Amen. Um, if something like that isn't kind of just a natural part of your week or it's something you haven't, like, really practiced, I would just encourage you to kind of, and if you were refreshed by that time, I would just encourage you to kind of um, maybe <coughs> start integrating that in, like, small chunks in your life just to spend some time to reflect and be still before God and see what he has for you. Um, Another thing I'd encourage you to start um, integrating into your life is really listening to others' stories um, and meeting people face-to-face that you only sit um, shoulder-to-shoulder with on a Sunday morning um, in your pew. And that's another thing I love about our baptism Sundays is we get to um, hear people's stories before they um, are baptized and, and kind of hear where, they, where they're coming from and, and that vision for where they're going. Um, <clears throat> And we're going to have some more opportunities for small groups and and such like that in another um, month or so. But just encourage you to make that space in your own life to um, just invite people and in and and, um, share your story with them and just start listening. And we want to start incorporating that a little bit more on Sundays. and there's this verse in Psalms 107:2. It says, "Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story; those He redeemed from the hand of the foe." And I really like how the Message um, translation puts that verse. It says, "Oh, thank God, He's so good; His love never runs out. All of you set free by God, tell the world, tell how He freed you from oppression." Um, and just the Bible says this. I mean, in lots of different places, just that we're supposed to just be sharing these stories because that's how people are going to hear about Christ, and that's how they're going to learn about that their identity and who he is. Um, so I've asked a couple of people today to share a brief part of their story with us and specifically ways that they have seen Christ um, break chains in their life and set them free. So before our prayer time, I mentioned how um, our identities in Christ, how we're buried to sin and alive in him, um, but sometimes we still want to live our life in, in shackles. Um, 
because we're just chained to these sins that we can't quite shake, um, and we're bound to these things that Christ just wants to totally set us free from. Um, so today, Claire Moy and Lauren Gunderson are going to share ways that they've found that freedom. Um, Lauren actually couldn't be here, but she really wanted to share. So we um, have her on video um, after Claire um, shares, and um, so for now, I'd like to introduce my friend Claire up to the front to share with us. So give her a welcome. Hi, um, I'm Claire Moy. Happy New Year, by the way. Hey. Um, I started coming here with my family, Jason and my two girls, Lauren and Sydney, who are in high school. We came, I guess we started coming this summer and um, have really enjoyed it. Um, so thank you. Um, um, the chains that God has broken and is continuing to break in my life um, are ones of self-righteousness and control. Um, I grew up a Christian, and I learned all the good little stories, and I had God in my nice little American Christian box, and um, there's a verse that that says, um, always be ready to give an answer to pe- anybody who asks for the hope that you have, and, and what that was translated to me as was always be ready to give everybody an answer for whatever problem they're dealing with, you know, make sure that you have a good advice for them, and um, since I had been a Christian since I was five, uh, I had all the answers. And um, <laughs> um, plus, I was raised in the 90s, and so I was a woman, hear me roar, and I could fix everything, I could do everything. I always had to have the right answers and know what to do about everything. So it was a pretty bad combination. Um, when I got married, then I thought that my husband and I had to agree on everything, be on the same page, and and, um, you know, that, that God would lead us to think the same way about everything. And when that didn't happen, I was like, no, that's wrong. You, I, hey, I've been doing this a long time. Let's get on the same page here, buddy, you know. And um, that led me to be very critical. Um, I was constantly correcting him. You know, with my friends, I could give advice, and if they didn't take it, I didn't live with them, you know. But with my husband, you know, we were one. And we weren't one, like I thought we should be one. Um, For instance, my husband's a storyteller. He likes to paint a picture, and I'm very fact-oriented. So I was constantly correcting him in front of other people and um, criticizing what he would say and really not understanding that God had given him a totally different personality from mine. And I I don't know why I didn't get that, but I didn't. I thought that his behavior reflected on me, Um, but what I didn't realize that was my behavior reflected on me, and I was pretty, you know, much a nag, and it was pretty destructive in our marriage. Um, Then I heard somebody um, telling their story and describing um, how controlling they were And it was like God turned a light bulb on and showed me my behavior. And I said, oh, I am controlling. Here, I thought I had been doing the right thing, being the Holy Spirit and everybody's life. And somebody once said, there's no vacancy in the Trinity. So um, I don't get to be the Holy Spirit. Um, And, you know, I think... You know, I just had that feeling in the pit of my stomach, like, oh, my gosh, here I thought I'd been doing the right thing, being the good Christian woman, and I am a sinner. 
Um, there's a verse that I ran across that says, Who are you to condemn God's servants? They're responsible to the Lord, and he will tell them if they're right or wrong. The Lord will give them the power to do as they should. And I never heard that verse ever preached in my, in my growing up. It was like a you know, slap in the forehead. I didn't need to control people. So that's when my focus began to change from changing others and giving what I thought was godly advice to examining my own thoughts and behavior and asking God to reveal my thoughts or my faults to me and change me. Jesus said, the person who has been forgiven little loves little. Well, I didn't think that I needed to be forgiven very much. So, consequently, I didn't have a whole lot of mercy for other people. Excuse me. Um, When I realized how wrong and how sinful I'd been, um, basically playing God, um, then I was able to be humble and give grace to other people. Um, Life began to improve, but there was still tension in my marriage, and I didn't know why. And um, then we were introduced to a marriage program called Love and Respect. Um, Huge, huge eye-opener to me. In our American culture, respecting men is not really, you know, high on the priority list. But to God, it is a command. And um, I learned that. um, And that kind of helped me (laughs) shift my thinking. Um, I didn't understand my husband, so it was hard for me to respect what I didn't understand. So after having gone through that and told, being told, um, you know, God made my husband with different strengths and weaknesses from me. He gave him different priorities from mine, and they are put there by God, and we are to complement one another. And um, so <laughs> then um, I had already kind of stopped trying to control him, and then I could add the next piece and... Um, start respecting our differences and and that was a huge respect is hard for um, for women in general I mean we're good at love 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 but um (laughs) you know honey I respect that about you it's just it's hard and especially in our culture so that took a lot of practice um God didn't break my chains in one fell swoop he's doing it in stages um and it's taken a lot of work on my part I've had to be humble. I've had to be open to being wrong. I've had to really look at how I've acted and what I believe and seek out my sin with God's help and insight. Um, And I know he will continue, and he is continuing to reveal things to me. I still have times when I fight for my own way. Um, But since I've already experienced freedom in little chunks um, from, from that sin of self-righteousness and control, um, those chains don't bind me anymore, and I can shake them off as soon as I ask God to open my eyes and reveal what my part is. Um, So God has broken my chains through humility. He's moved me from being the man at the wall saying, thank you, God, that I'm not like that sinner, which is bondage to self. Um, He's moved me to being... The man saying, oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner, which is freedom in Christ. Thanks. Thank you, Claire. And if you haven't met the Moys, introduce yourself to them, because 
they're awesome. Um, and now we're going to hear from Lauren on the video. I was going to say film, but I guess that's like 1985. So, <laughs> I'm thankful that um, Claire and Lauren were, were willing to just share their um, stories with us and be vulnerable in those ways. Because um, if you listen in both of their stories, um, they were impacted by other people who shared their stories with them. Um, and so I think we're all um, kind of, if we're willing to open our hearts to their stories, um, it will affect ours in the long run too. So just um, as we kind of close our service today, I wanted to create one more little space for us to really reflect on um, things that they've shared and also just this idea of Christ wanting to break chains in our life. Um, and just kind of areas where we still feel like we're in bondage to something um, and where we're not living into that truth that Christ wants to set us free from it. Um, <laughs> the things in our lives that hold us captive are the things that we worship instead of God or that we try to worship alongside of God. Um, and in Exodus, it says that God is a jealous God, and, and that means that he's just, he loves us too much to let us worship anything besides him, um, and he won't give you the option of making him one of many. Um, there's no room for, for anyone or anything but, but him, and his throne only has one seat, um, and a lot of times we try to sit on it ourselves. So um, we try to take him off of that throne, and we're held captive by those things, and they just create these chains in our lives that, that we try um, to break ourselves, and like Lauren said, she just had to realize, like, I can't, I can't do this in my own power, and whether it's money or power or um, anger or um, control or pleasure or safety, um, the list goes on and on and on. It, it's different for everybody, um, but we, we make idols out of these lesser gods, and we chain ourselves to them, and, and in that, we forget the verse um, in John that says, um, if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Um, and, and that's what Christ has done for us. We are free. Um, so today, let's just be honest about where we're kind of still wanting to be on the throne in our own life and um, give that over to Christ to break those chains for us um, as we step into this new year um, to just do that with the freedom um, that we can walk in in Christ. So the ushers are going to bring around um, some chains for you. And um, they're going to be in the offering plate, which is kind of weird, but I thought that was the best way to do it. So um, they should be connected in like three links. Um, so everybody should get about three chain links, um, unless my daughters ripped them all apart when I wasn't looking, which could have happened. Um, and then there's also some Sharpies floating around. So if you use those during the other thing, kind of, there's not that many in the row. So as you kind of write, then pass them around. Um, and you, you don't have to write on the chain if you don't want. You might just know what that thing is, and that can be the symbol for you. But in the Old Testament, um, there's a lot of times where they did something physical to remember, like, where God had brought them or what God had done for them. And so... Um, I want you to like hold these chains in your hand as you read through um, some slides to kind of just ask you some questions to maybe think about what those chains might be for you. Um, and then prayerfully just think about um, where God might be wanting to break those chains around your heart and set you free as we step into this new year. So I want you, you know, you can write a word or phrase or whatever to symbolize that place or thing or area in your life. Um, and then prepare your heart to let Christ um, break that chain for you. And then the last slide, you guys can go ahead and start passing those around. Um, and then the last slide that's on here is going to have instructions. Um, and you're going to be dismissed to come take communion. 
and the, I'm going to move this table to the middle here. And as you come forward, you can break those chains into the basket as a symbol of, you know, just really releasing that to God and stepping into that freedom that he wants you to have. And, and then um, move to the sides to take communion, also a symbol that we do to remind us of our identity um, and to remind us of what Christ has done for us. So um, those will be coming around, and we'll go ahead and start the slides while those kind of get passed out, and you can start thinking and praying through that. Hey, just a couple of uh, reminders uh, before we uh, head out today and kind of give you some instructions for your last uh, activity. Um, if you could uh, kind of pass the papers and pins back to the middle so it would be easier for us to collect, um, that would be great. Um, also, there's a young adult retreat in a couple weeks, and we'd love for y'all to, to uh, be signed up and uh, paid up for that. Justin is here this morning. If you have any more questions about that, it's on the 13th and 14th, right? So um, he can tell you more about that. <clears throat> we have a... Kind of a tradition here. One of the things I wanted to say about just this freedom activity is um, the, the offer for freedom is there. We have to choose to live into it. Um, and the great thing about God is that he, gives, he doesn't force us to. He gives us the freedom to choose to live in freedom or to live in bondage. And um, so it really becomes kind of on us. He's done his part. And he's always there and ready to, to help us break through barriers and things that are keeping us back. Um, but we have to want that in our life, and we have to live like it's true for us. So um, one of the uh, things that we started a long time ago um, was uh, doing these rocks um, to start a new year. And we actually did it um, before we even had this building, before we even had our first service. Um, in the spring of 2006, when we were just in our planning phase um, I shared a story from the book of Joshua, and we, we made these rocks, and we've kind of been doing it ever since. And so I just want to share that story with you before we go. Um, then you'll have an opportunity to do the same um, as you leave. But <clears throat> the story is of the, the children of Israel, and they've, they've uh, made it out of uh, Egypt and the bondage they were in. And, and God parted the Red Sea and led them out into the wilderness where they wandered around for 40 years because they were stubborn and disobedient. And God wouldn't allow them into the promised land. And Moses, who had been their leader for many years, passes away and Joshua takes over. And so now they're, they're ready to go and, and cross into the promised land. But once again, there's a river in the way. And um, it's the Jordan River this time. But God has got a plan for them. And, and he actually, just like he does with uh, the Red Sea, he parts the Jordan River so the people of Israel can walk across. And once they've made it, it's, it says this. This is chapter 4. It says, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. 
So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the 12 stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. So in 2006, we uh, had everybody in our group write the word remember, and uh, so that we could tell um, others about uh, when they ask, what does that rock mean? We can tell them the story of, of Wellspring and how God moved to set this place up. What we do each year now, and, and there's rocks and pins on the tables as you leave, is we have you just write down a word or a, just a short phrase to kind of remember 2016 by. Um, so at, on, on my rock at the top, I have 2006. You can write the year and then write the word um, that just sticks with you. It could be something about who God's been to you this year. It could be a, a victory that you've had in a particular area of your life. Whatever that word or phrase is that you want to remember for 2016 and take with you, I have some rocks that I, I just keep on my uh, bookshelf uh, in my office that I can turn around and look at and remember God's faithfulness at times through the years. So um, this is just kind of an opportunity for you. You don't have to do it. If it's meaningful and it's something you want to do, um, as you leave today, you can just gather around those couple tables and, and fill it out and take it with you. Um, so God is really big. If you've never read much of the Old Testament, I'd love to do a word study on the word remember and how many times it's in there because God knows that we forget. Um, he knows that it, it, one day he can do some miraculous and the next day we're wondering where God is. And um, so he knows that we're a people that need to be reminded constantly of, of who he is and his faithfulness and his goodness towards us. So take that opportunity. Let me pray for us as we head out today. Lord, we thank you for all that we've been able to see and participate in today from the baptism and the changed lives there to um, Claire and Lauren and the ways that you've entered into their life and revealed some hard things. Um, I know that um, <clears throat> one of the things that I've appreciated about you this year is just, just how gentle and patient you are with my sin. Um, Lord, you're a, a father who um, takes us to those places where you don't want us to stay stuck. And, and you, you call out to us to, to release those things, to give them over, to let go of them, to um, admit them and repent of them, and to move forward in, in, in life and freedom. And so thank you for their stories. I pray that our own life would be a story um, that we would be willing to share. God, that we would take risks and step out in faith um, to put some old chapters of our life behind us and to move into a new, a new story. Um, Lord, I pray that um, as we take these rocks today, Lord, that you would maybe press something onto our hearts that, that you want us to write down and remember about 2016, um, good or bad. It really doesn't have anything to do with our circumstances. <laughs> it has to be with who you are in the midst of them, which is never changing. And so we're grateful that we have a God um, that walks with us through those times, that we're not tossed around by um, the waves of this world and, and all the trials and tribulations that, that we experience as humans, but that we have this foundation in you um, that is a steadying force, an anchor for our souls. And so we're just grateful for that. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for being with us today.